Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Tech stocks have had a big 2017. Big tech stocks have had an even bigger 2017. Have big tech stocks gotten too big? Is that the problem? That is what we're talking about. Money Beat is the podcast. I'm Paul Vigna. Stephen Grosser sitting just over to my right. Stephen Grosser, how, how are, are you? you? I'm doing great, Paul. How are you, you doing? Are. Yes. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. This is a big topic, big tech. Uh, Chris Dietrich, Money Beat reporter, also here in the studio. And joining us from Tech Central, San Francisco, Dan Gallagher, heard on the street columnist. Dan, how are you? Great. Uh, so have I thrown in enough? Have we gotten the point here that, well, that tech is big? Let's. I, I think we can bring in Chris to talk a little bit about tech's uh, stock performance this year, and more recently, the the sort of you know it hit a little bit of a bump here in September. Um, and if you can talk a little bit about what was driving that, right? So clearly, the story of the year for so this is high level, high level tech. We're looking at the way that portfolio managers might might see their a- asset allocations to things like tech versus energy, and. You know, we've had for most of the year this really this dominance of the FANG or the FAAMG, these big Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, although it's a consumer company, you call it tech, really through the first half of the year. Um, but with the stocks that are, these are pricier stocks. This, these are stocks that people look for when the economy is kind of sluggish. You can definitely find um, big sales expectations, big profit expectations in tech. And so earlier this week, there was a bit of a hiccup, though, almost. There were a few sort of big picture issues that were developing for a long time, but on but on Monday you had um, things like Apple fall four days in a row. Facebook had a big decline, um, and so although they've hung in well, tech is actually going to finish this month down in the negative territory, even though it's had a big wow. month. So when we, we talk to investors, it's like it's really about like what um, what are you doing with your money, and the the, the, the sort of resounding answer is like maybe after things like Apple have have gone up forty percent this year, I'm just going to cut a little bit of that and try to find value in, in other parts of the market, regardless of what I think about you know Apple's prospects for for the iPhone 10. So it's sort of this big picture shift that seems like it's going on. And one of the interesting things in, you, we've seen with tech this year, and especially the big big tech, the S and P 500. Uh, technology sectors, how much it's tied essentially to the outlook um, for the you know growth here. People are buying when people are worried about growth in the U.S. They sort of have been putting their money into tech because they feel like that's where that these are the companies can generate growth. And interestingly, you've seen them tied. You know, when utilities are performing best, tech oftentimes is performing best, and that's not what you normally. We would associate because you think of tech, you think of growth, right? Right, and these are sort of the big picture trends that my, you know not every investor might might be focused on, but it is absolutely true. You can see it in the charts where you know if 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 expectations for U.S. economic growth pick up, you see tech stocks slow down a little bit. The assumption is that investors can find growth in things like industrial stocks, these stocks that are so called you know sensitive. Um, in a, to a booming economy in other ways. And if that doesn't exist, then you're going to buy Apple, you're going to buy Amazon, you're going to buy these stocks that are um, basically have, you know, increasingly unassailable business models that analysts see, you know, growing sales, you know, through the roof for, for years to come, absent some of the bigger picture things I think that we're going to bring 
uh, Dan, Dan and to talk about. Well, you said unassailable business models, and I think that is one of the aspects I think Dan's piece earlier this week kind of hits on is the big tech does face some big risks right now, right? They face big risks, but, you know, big is like in quote marks because yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to quantify this particular type of risk. You know, essentially these five companies have become so big that it's been – it's really hard for competitors to really get a lot of traction right. against and, them. And which companies are you talking about there, Dan? Uh, so we're talking about Apple, Google, Alphabet now, right. uh, Microsoft, um, uh, Amazon, and Facebook. Facebook, yeah. Um, they are the five most valuable companies in the world, um, five most valuable companies on the S&P 500. Combined valuation is approaching $3 trillion, um, and they've added – when I did the numbers earlier in the week, it was added more than $580 billion in market cap this year. So it's – these are huge numbers, and they – you know, but what's what's going on here is that – because of their size and their their essentially their kind of domination, they're getting this critical eye, I think, from from regulators, from politicians, because when competition when it looks like competition can't stop you, that's often when regulators start to say, Okay, well maybe we need to do something. And you and you really saw that this week with Facebook in terms of I think investors getting nervous about you know, the sort of in, the Russia investigation and how that's going to impact Facebook at this point. Yeah. And, they, and they've been so far kind of immune to this pressure because, you know, Google's already dealing with it because they have the U thing and they've been dealing with that for the last year. Uh, Microsoft has, you know, been around long enough that it's had its own fight, fights over those, right. those right. questions years ago. Um, you know, for Facebook, this is a new thing, and and people and but it comes to the same problem. I mean, this is a company that, on a monthly basis, serves about a quarter of the Earth's population. Um, it's it's really hard for anybody else to imagine an, another social network getting that kind of traction. So they have this they have this position, and now these concerns about how its network can be used to do everything from targeting, you know, kind of objectionable content, hateful advertising, or manipulating the political process. And, and these are the kinds of questions that get politicians and, and regulators really, their ears really perk, perk up. Right. And I mean, you know, it's interesting with, with Facebook that they've become so large. And one way to sort of illustrate this is I did a story on a company called Kick. You know, Kick, they do a messaging app. It's like teenagers use it. You know, I never used it. But, Shocking. Um, I, I know. But uh, they conducted uh, – if you've never heard of this, it's coming from out of left field. But they did what's called an ICO, an initial coin offering. It's, it's this weird thing within Bitcoin. Firms are basically creating new currencies and selling them to the public, and they're raising a lot of money. Kick did one. But what was interesting and what brings it back to Facebook is the, the CEO told me – and he, it's not like he told me only. I think he said this elsewhere. It's like basically they were at the point where this was a, a private company that had a billion-dollar valuation, a quote-unquote unicorn – and he said, we can't compete with Facebook. Like, we just can't. Like, anything we come up with, they can just copy it, you know, and, and take it and move along. And Facebook has gotten so big that these smaller companies, they really can't compete. And that is what we're, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're talking about. Well, we could make the same argument ourselves, you know, when we talk, you know, a lot of news organizations worry about their traffic and advertising right, revenues right. going to Facebook and Google, which is which is in fact happening. Um, what I think, 
the 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 riddle that investor investors I think have to deal with is that it's it's really hard to put a value on how much risk is this, you know, because these types of things they take a long time to surface. Um, they're unpredictable. It's, you know, it's also hard to imagine anything getting done in Washington right now in the current climate. So, you know, you'd have to assume there, you know, is there going to be some sort of political agreement to, you know, on some rule about Facebook? Yeah. It's, it's a stuff that's just like, we, we don't know what's going to happen, when it's going to happen and what the impact would be. Um, but because competitive pressures don't seem to be a factor in stop in stopping the growth these companies are enjoying, Mm-hmm. That is the risk that investors, I think, have to have to face. Right, right. All right. Let's take a break there. When we come back, more on tech stocks, rewards, and risks. You are listening to Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. Robert Half is here to help. Our recruiting professionals utilize our proprietary AI to connect businesses with highly skilled talent. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Enjoy our podcasts? Then listen in your car. Before you start down the road, just sync your smartphone using Bluetooth or plug into the USB port. Got Apple CarPlay? Just tap on the podcast app and search for WSJ. So, the next time you're getting behind the wheel, take us along and enjoy the ride. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. Welcome back to Money Beat. Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, Chris Dietrich here in the studio in New York City. Dan Gallagher in California, San Francisco, talking about tech stocks in the market and these large, large, extremely large tech companies. And Stephen Grosser, I think you uh, you have a question. Well, yeah, a burning. I, do you have a burning? I have question, a burning Stephen question. I want, I wanted, and it's actually they're interrelated, sort of two questions here. Europe has, you know shown far more concern um, with the big U.S. tech companies and their dominance. I mean, I guess the first question is, is, do we expect that to sort of cross the Atlantic and come here, or do you think that's a possibility, Dan? And then the the second question in that is, uh, it feels to me this year what we've really seen is tech, you know, big tech and just Silicon Valley in general likes to disrupt old traditional industries and we you know you've seen this very much Amazon has drawn a lot of attention for how it's disrupt retailers across the board are we seeing sort of a pushback now um, you know uh, against sort of this disruption of uh, you know other industries well I think we have we couldn't answer that until I mean consumers vote with their dollars and their in tech with their clicks so if you know, this is something where consumers and customers, if they feel that there's a, if they're concerned about this, they they can put their money elsewhere, put their traffic elsewhere, and that that actually isn't happening. Uh, what I think in the U.S., I don't I don't see in the U.S. I don't think it's going to take quite the shape as in Europe as as far as like just wanting just you know reacting purely to the company's size, um, because with Europe obviously they're they're dealing with the fact that they have constituent companies in their you know, in in their political sphere, that that feel disadvantaged, and so they're act they're trying to act in their right. interests. Right. Um, what I think happens in the U.S. is I think as these pressures kind of build, um, one curve that you see to growth is that um, you know when these companies think about doing M and A, for instance, um, it becomes more complicated because if you know that you're going to get a lot of extra eyeballs simply because of who you are and your size. 
it does start to limit some of the kind of deals you can look at. Um, Intel, you know, the dominant chip maker has had, um, you know, they there's rumor years ago that they were going to look at buying Nvidia. They would have had a really hard time getting that deal past regulators because regulators had already kind of expressed concern about Intel's dominance in the chip market. So you have, and I, I have no idea where that went. That was just a rumor. But you know, if you're Google right now and you're thinking about, okay, we might make a big buy here of somebody, you've got to factor in the fact the idea that um, it's going to get a lot of extra eyeballs now and maybe not pass simply because, you know, that is where U.S. lawmakers tend to tend to react to size and dominance is they tend to say, well, OK, well, we're going to make it harder for you to get a lot bigger. And this I mean, building on that point and, and sort of off of Paul's point, you do see a lot of these co- like tech companies like Facebook and Google, um, they're snapping up small you know, sort of startup young companies that might have something that could prove disruptive uh, to their right. industry because they 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 are swimming in cash. And on top of that, their dominance in many of the spaces, like with Facebook and Google and online advertising, makes it hard to compete. I think Snap is you know is definitely finding that. Is is are regulators going to look at these small deals and be like, hold on, like you know, this is anti-competitive? I mean, that seems almost in sort of. Impossible, just based on how antitrust regulation is written. I I don't see that happening. Yeah. To be honest, um, I mean, if because that would it that would mean regulators need to actually look ahead and pick exactly okay, this small company you're buying. We think this is going to be huge in ten years, so we're right. not going to let you buy them now. And that yeah. that's not how they tend to operate. No, exactly. Um, but what they where they do react is, let's say Google was going to acquire. Uh, a competitor to Yelp. Well, you can bet that Yelp would be on the phone to regulators to say, you know, this Google already makes it very hard for us to compete. I mean, in fact, they've done this. And so, um, you know, and, and try to stop that kind of deal. Um, so that's kind of that, those are the kind of scenarios that, that tend to play out. Um, but I don't I don't think it really curbs these small deals much because it's it's you know, these companies do these all the time and it's really hard to say, OK, what how is that going to become significant? One, I guess, like one, you know, final question here is just like, and and you sort of hinted at this, you know, earlier. But how do investors take into account this sort of possible risk? Since it's almost, it, you know, <laughs> it's hard to calculate what the cost is going to be. Uh, that that's the riddle. I mean, I think honestly, right now, the five the five stocks we mentioned, with the exception of Amazon, they're not. They don't have insane PE levels. I mean, Facebook's around 30, which sounds expensive, but it's actually a lot lower than they were a year ago and two years ago. Um, you know, Amazon has long been a very expensive stock on a on a PE basis, and that's that's I think investors are kind of accustomed to that. Um, so I I think for investors, it's less about like you know getting worried at a specific number. Um, it's just something that has to be watched and fact and factored in. You know, you have to you have to not assume these companies can um, can keep going the way they've going without any kind of challenge. It's just the challenge in this case may maybe not be coming from other competitive companies. Uh, it may come from the law. Heard on the street columnist Dan Gallagher, Money Beat reporter Chris Dietrich. Thank you both gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Stephen Grosser, thank you. I was waiting for you. Thank you, you were? Paul. All right. Uh, and everyone, thank you for listening. We'll catch up with you soon. The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. 
Haiku is lightning fast and cost effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude.